Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and welcome to the Write Your Screenplay podcast. As you know, on this podcast, instead of thinking about movies in terms of two thumbs up or two thumbs down, we like to think about movies in terms of what we can learn about them and learn from them as screenwriters. So we're going to look at all kinds of movies. We look at good movies. We look at bad movies. We look at movies that we love, and we look at movies that we hate. Uh, but we're going to look at them in a way that helps us to better our own writing uh, and our own scripts. Uh, and today's movie is certainly one of the more controversial movies that are out there right now. And it's a movie that's worth studying, uh, not only for its political content, but also for anyone who's interested in adapting a true story uh, and trying to hold on in some way, or and some people would argue to fail to hold on to the truth. And that movie is American Sniper by Jason Dean Hall. And let me just start off by saying that my politics are certainly not Clint Eastwood's politics. And that made American Sniper a hard movie for me. Uh, in fact, I think uh, American Sniper was a hard movie for a lot of people. I'm not one of those people who believe, as Chris Kyle, the main character, says at the beginning of the movie, that there are only three kinds of people in the world. Sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. I'm not a person like Chris Kyle who believes that things are purely black and white. I believe that there's a lot of gray. And watching a movie that cuts directly from planes crashing into the World Trade Center to the war in Iraq and makes that argument all over again is hard for me. Linking Iraq to September 11th is hard for me politically to watch. And that said, American Sniper is an adaptation of a book. and. These are the politics of the main character, Chris Kyle. And those are the politics of a lot of people like him who went into this war believing that they are the heroes, that Americans are the heroes, that their cause is just and good. Believing that the people that they're fighting are savages and believing that they are fighting to restore order to the world. And there is something to be said about adapting a book like this and directing and writing a movie that looks at the world through the eyes of your protagonist. There is something to be said about running towards your protagonist's personal truth. And at the same time, the hope, of course, is that even as you look at the world through the eyes of your protagonist, that maybe you're also revealing something to the audience that's even more complicated than the main character can see. And there are ways in which American Sniper does exactly that, despite my reservations with the movie. In fact, Clint Eastwood has said that he views American Sniper as an anti-war film. And quite frankly, I agree with him. I agree with him for a couple of reasons. The first is Bradley Cooper's performance and the way he was directed. Because while Chris Kyle may be saying things throughout the movie like, I don't regret a single kill and I will go to my maker happy to answer for every one of them. And while he may talk in his memoir about enjoying war, the performance of Bradley Cooper as Chris Kyle and as corroborated by the interviews that Chris Kyle's wife has given, tell us a very different story. Even as this character insists that he's a-okay, we can see that he's suffering from pretty severe post-traumatic stress disorder. Even as the character is telling himself that he is doing the right thing, that he is on the side of good, we are still watching him change. We're watching him become haunted by demons. We're watching his relationship change. 
And in this way, American Sniper is an anti-war movie. It's also an anti-war movie in the way it looks at the treatment of veterans. It's a movie that looks at the suffering of young kids at war and young kids after the war. Uh, it's a movie that's shot not with action that's glorified and Hollywoodized, but with action that's brutal and ugly from the very first shot, which involves Chris Kyle killing a woman and a child. All the way through to the end, we're not watching the adrenaline-pumping, popcorn-popping, pure fun of many action blockbusters. We're watching the kind of violence that's much more reminiscent of a film like The Hurt Locker, a film that does try to capture an honest look at the violence of war, at the ugliness of war, at the horror of war. And in all these ways, I feel like the screenplay for American Sniper is quite successful. And at the same time, I also feel that there are many areas that could have been pushed further in the script, further politically and further structurally and further from a character perspective, and also further in the adaptation of the book. When you are adapting a true story, when you're adapting a memoir, a film, a novel, uh, your job is always to run towards the truth. And a step of that is stepping into your main character's worldview, even if that worldview is much different from your own. But I believe that you also have a responsibility to bring your own worldview to the movie. I believe that you do have a responsibility to write a movie that transcends the character's view of the world, even if the character himself or herself is not able to transcend. There is something very powerful as a writer about looking at a character whose beliefs about the world are false, in the way that all of our beliefs about the world are false. Because the world is complex, and none of us can hold on to the complete truth. There's something really wonderful that we can all use as writers, at looking at characters who see the world only through one lens, whose beliefs about themselves, whose stories they are telling themselves about the world, are not completely true. There's something powerful about taking a character like that on a journey. And in fact, this is a classical structure for screenplays, a structure where we think about the lie that the character is telling themselves and take them on a journey that forces them to ultimately confront what's true. It forces them to actually confront that lie. An example of this kind of structure is the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, there's an amazing scene where Tim Robbins' character Andy, after spending the whole movie saying, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, and he didn't do it, says to Red, I killed her. I didn't pull the trigger, but I drove her to that cabin with my apathy. We see this guy who has been a symbol of hope, of innocence, of unfair persecution in this movie, who has told himself one version of the truth for the whole movie. But before the movie can end, he's forced to confront the part of the story that he's telling himself that's not true. And that's a classical structure for a character-driven story, to think about the lie the characters unknowingly telling themselves and force them into situations that cause them to confront that lie. And in doing so, to force them to confront the failings in themselves. So in a way, it's a very bold choice by Jason Dean Hall in the American Sniper script not to arc the character in this way, uh, to instead arc the characters around him, 
to let his wife and his psychologist and his friends and his brother and his audience see the way he's changed, see the way he's suffering, see the journey he's going on, even as Chris Kyle refuses to acknowledge it in himself. Even as he continues to say, I just wish I could have killed one more of them. I just wish I could have saved one more U.S. soldier. There's an incredibly powerful irony in the fact that this man, who basically believed that there were only three kinds of people, sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs, ultimately encounters a different kind of person entirely. That this man, who believed that American soldiers were always the sheepdogs, and Iraqis were always the wolves, that Americans were always the good guys and Iraqis were always the savages, ultimately was destroyed by his own black and white way of thinking, was ultimately killed by one of the sheepdogs whose savagery he couldn't see or whose complexities he refused to see because this guy was a veteran just like himself, suffering from a similar PTSD who turned out not to be the clear good guy or the clear bad guy he imagined himself to be. The way this is handled in the movie, and understandably, because the death happens after the memoir that they were adapting, unfortunately feels like a tacked-on ending. And that's because there's no real relationship developed between Chris and the man who's going to kill him. And although I understand why, in the production process, that might have just been a necessity, it is something that we should think about as screenwriters. We want to develop the relationships that matter most in our movies. We want to get the most out of these ironies. And I do feel that in many ways this was a missed opportunity in a script, because its greatest irony, and the thing that most illuminates the flaw in Chris Kyle's thinking, is his relationship with this man. Because this is a story about how a heroic man with, I believe, actually good in his heart, who believes he's doing the right thing, just like so many Americans did as the war in Iraq started. It's about how that one-sided attitude and the refusal or inability to see the other side to see the complications and the complexities of politics and war and people leads him to real danger, just as our oversimplified attitude and our blindness led us to so much horror and suffering in the Iraq War. Choosing not to develop this relationship with a creative choice, and as a writer, you do have to make strong creative choices in your movies. Sometimes you do just have to say, this is not the direction that I'm going to go with this particular script. For him, this was a story about the relationship between Chris and his wife, between Chris and his country, between Chris and his home, and Chris and Iraq. But I do feel like failing to develop the relationship with that fellow soldier, or for that matter, to develop real relationships, as I'm going to be discussing later, with any of the fellow soldiers is a missed opportunity in the script for both the character and for the politics. In a way, American Sniper is actually quite similar to The Hurt Locker, which is really about a guy who becomes addicted to war and can't find his way back. But I think in American Sniper was the opportunity in that relationship to transcend what The Hurt Locker did or take what The Hurt Locker did to the next level.
And if this had been my script, I would want to push on that a little bit harder. I would have wanted to run towards the truth of that relationship, even if it was not a relationship that could have been captured fully in the memoir. Because in a way, it was that relationship that most illuminated the blind spot in the character, that most illuminated the truth of this character, and the truth of what happens when we can only see in black and white. The second place where I feel American Sniper could have been pushed further is in fully exploring the dialectic, the political issues that still exist in America about the war. And this is a kind of storytelling called Hegelian dialectical storytelling. Whenever you write a movie that expresses very strongly one point of view, you want to make sure that the other point of view is represented equally strongly. In fact, you want to attack your own point of view or the point of view of your main character in the greatest way possible. You want to write characters who are not crazy, who are not sadistic, but who believe things that are different from your beliefs. You want to challenge the essence of your beliefs. And in this way, hopefully arrive at, first off, a more interesting personal truth, get closer to your own personal truth, but also to test to see can your beliefs or can the beliefs of your character if they coincide, stand up to those who believe differently than you can. These beliefs hold up against the things about them that don't work. In this script, we see some lip service paid to the anti-war argument, to the anti-Iraq war argument. There is a character, Mark Lee, played by Luke Grimes, who over the course of the war starts to feel that the war is unjustified. In fact, during his funeral, his mom reads a particularly heartrending letter from him in which he asks, My question, when does glory fade away and become a wrongful crusade? When does it become an unjustified means by which one is completely consumed? So the idea of an unjustified war is given lip service here. But this feels to me like an early draft version of that argument. And what I mean by that is, although the words are there, the structure is not. And this is, again, something you can think about in your own movies. There's a difference between saying something and doing something. There's a difference between giving lip service to an idea or to a character and building that character structurally into your film. We see in this film that war is hell. And we certainly see why a man who is not as strong as Chris Kyle or as unwavering in his belief might lose faith in the face of that horror, why somebody might just want to go home. But what's missing are the real events that would lead an intelligent man like Mark from being that gung-ho Navy SEAL, just like Chris Kyle, to someone who would question not just whether this was something he wanted to do, but whether the causes were even justified. You probably notice that there are literally no good Iraqis in this whole movie. There is not a single Iraqi family who just wants a peaceful life. All the Iraqis really do act like savages. Even the little boys just want to kill Americans. And the nice man who invites all the soldiers to have dinner with his family is secretly working uh, with the enemy, storing arms. There's literally no one 
who is good. No one who's even moderate or slightly good or just average. And I do believe this is how Chris Kyle saw the war. And I do believe this is how Chris Kyle saw the Iraqis. And I do believe that this is how he had to see the Iraqis in order to survive the psychology of his job. But if this was really how the Iraqis were, Mark would never have to doubt whether the war was justified. He wouldn't have to doubt because he would never see evidence against it. If everyone around you really is a savage, if everyone around you really does want to kill you, if no one around you can be trusted except for the Americans, then maybe you really are the good guys. So what I would have been curious to see is a moment or two between Mark and an Iraqi. I would have been curious to see how Mark can interpret the same people or the same event through a different lens than the one that Chris sees things. I would have been curious to see what changed Mark from a gung-ho Marine into a doubter. And that doesn't mean that American Sniper needs to turn into a movie that captures my beliefs. Because I am so far to the left of Clint Eastwood. This doesn't mean that Clint Eastwood needs to agree with me. But if you're going to build a movie with a character who doubts, then build it structurally into your movie so that we can see why. I want to see why beyond just the horror of war, beyond personal weakness, what were the things he saw that made him wonder if the war was actually worth fighting? I'm okay if these writers need us to wonder if the war is justified rather than feel as I do that it was not. I'm okay with writers asking me to question my beliefs, but I want to see the characters' journeys built into their stories. I also think beyond the politics that this would have made Chris Kyle's journey stronger. When you attack your character's beliefs, you don't weaken the character. You make them stronger. You don't weaken the arc. You make it bigger. You don't weaken the change. You make it stronger. The structure of Chris Kyle's journey, in many ways, is a test movie. So what do I mean by that? There are actually two kinds of movies. Most movies are change movies, and these are the movies that we primarily get to see. They're the movies where a character starts at A and ends at Z. They're movies where characters go through profound changes, or as we discussed before, where they're forced to confront the lie in themselves. There's another kind of movie, which is called the test movie, in which the character doesn't actually change, but in which their resolve to stay the same is tested by increasingly dramatic obstacles in which their ability to stay themselves in the face of threats, dangers, obstacles, setbacks that any other human being would have said, you know what, I'm going to change. These are test movies. And to some degree, Chris Kyle's movie is a change movie in that we are seeing him become more and more traumatized. We are watching him ultimately leave a war to be with his family. And we are ultimately watching him save himself uh, by saving the other Marines after they've left service. But the choices he makes during the movie are primarily not change choices. In fact, most of what Chris Kyle is doing, we're not seeing him change. We're watching him tested. We're watching his belief that there are three kinds of people, sheep, wolves and sheepdogs. 
we're seeing his black and white belief that he is a sheepdog tested by a war that's making everyone around him doubt who they really are. The problem is, structurally, there's very little in the script to test that belief. There's a bunch of bad things happening to him, a bunch of bad things happening to his friends, the sheepdogs who are trying to protect the sheep from the wolves abroad, who are trying to keep the wolves from coming home. But unlike the Hurt Locker, for example, where we really do see a relationship between an American and an Iraqi develop, in American Sniper, there is nothing to test that belief. There's one man spouting anti-war rhetoric, but there's no physical evidence to support that rhetoric. There's nothing happening that says that these people might not be savages. There's nothing happening that says that there might not be weapons of mass destruction. There's nothing happening that says that there is a reason why Mark is not believing anymore. There's nothing happening that says that 9-11 and Iraq might not be related. And if such a thing were created then it would be very exciting to watch Chris Kyle shut that out. It would be very exciting to watch Chris Kyle push that away. And that's how you really build a test movie. Clint Eastwood is lucky that he got Bradley Cooper to star in this movie because structurally, the character actually has very little to work with. Structurally, the actor ends up providing structure that does not exist in the script. And I do believe that's one of the reasons why American Sniper has had such success. Because Bradley Cooper delivered the structure of the character's change in his performance, even when it was not there in the words and actions. But to really build a test movie, to build a test movie that can survive the average movie star, you need to test the character's resolve. Not is he willing to hold on to his belief that he's a hero in the face of the need for heroes, but is he willing to hold on to his belief in being a hero in the face of a war that is all kinds of shades of gray? Is he willing to believe that he's a sheepdog in the face of wolves turning into sheep and sheep turning into wolves? Is he willing to hold on to believing that he's a sheepdog in the face of events that destroy the beliefs of his own perfectly rational compatriots? Is he willing to hold on to his belief in the face of a mad American soldier who's ultimately going to kill him? These are the really powerful questions that American Sniper could be asking. And you see that that means that American Sniper could also be asking us the question so many years after the start of the Iraq War, now that we all have seen the evidence how do we hold on to the belief in ourselves in the face of the mistakes we may have made? How do we hold on to the American dream in the face of a war that might not have been what we thought it was? And you can see that just giving a little bit of that opposite side, a little bit of a stronger look, not only would the American sniper script become better, not only would the character's journey become better, but the political argument of the script would become more powerful. And this is true whether your politics agree with mine or not, and whether your politics agree with the side of your character or not. This kind of storytelling, as I've mentioned, is called the Hegelian dialectic. And the idea of a Hegelian dialectic is that we cannot hold on to the truth. We cannot ever actually catch the truth. Instead, what we do is we run towards the truth. And the way we run towards the truth is by figuring out something that we or our character believes at the core of who we are, and then attacking it with everything we've got. 
making our protagonist as strong as our antagonist, making our believer as strong as our doubter, making weighing the evidence as equally on both sides as we can. Not in order to pander to one side or another, but in fact, in order to find the truth in both sides and reach ultimately a synthesis that is slightly closer to the real truth, that is slightly closer to something that we can fully believe. The goal of a political movie is not only to preach to the choir, and that's whether you're on the side of the right or the side of the left. The goal of a political movie is to look at both sides as honestly as you can, and to see through your characters if your beliefs about the world, if your personal truth can hold up to the strongest attack you can muster against them. To look at what are the costs of holding on to your beliefs and to see if those beliefs are still worth holding on to in the face of all those costs. Which brings us to the last element that I think could have been pushed further in this story. And you'll see that it's a related element. As far as we can tell in this movie, all Iraqis are exactly the same. They're a homogenized culture, unlike America, where people from Georgia are a little bit different than people from New England. In the Iraq of this movie, there's no such thing as Sunnis and Shiites. There's no such thing as tribalism. In fact, what we're really watching is a battle of wills between two snipers, one working for the Americans and one working for the Iraqis. And they're both the best of the best. The problem is that this oversimplified vision of the war is just not possible because this is not what Iraq is. This is not the truth of Iraq. If Iraq had been so clean and simple, it probably would have been won a long time ago. It probably would have been won when that statue was toppled and the one evil dictator was finally deposed. If Iraq was so clean and simple, if that was the truth, it wouldn't have turned into such a morass. But what Iraq really is, is a mess, just like every country. It's a mix of cultural infighting, clans at war with each other, old enmities that have existed for thousands of years. You could never have the same sniper working in that many parts of the country because of the divisions among the Iraqis themselves. As a recent New York Times article pointed out, you could never have a single enemy sniper working in that many parts of the country because the politics of Iraq, the intertribal politics, would never allow it. The Iraqis were not one unified faction, just like Americans are not one unified faction. What the Iraqis were and are is a complicated society, like our complicated society. And looking at that complicated society through a black and white window doesn't turn it into black and white. Chris Kyle travels through many, many different parts of Iraq over many years on many different missions. And the enemy sniper is used as a device to try to tie those missions together, to try to create a sense of order out of the chaos. Unfortunately, the result in many ways is to run from the very truth of the war, which could best test Chris's black and white beliefs. In other words, the unfortunate side effect is to cast the war in exactly those black and white terms through which Chris Kyle already sees the world. It's to rob the war of its meaning and complexity, and it's to rob Chris Kyle, the character, of his real test. 
whether you believe that our ultimate goal is to hold on to our beliefs about ourselves, no matter what the evidence against us may be, or whether you believe our ultimate test is to find the good in ourselves after making some terrible mistakes, it doesn't change the fact that in order to test the character, we have to run towards the truth. Whether Chris Kyle, the character, realizes or not, the fact of the matter is that Iraq, just like any society, is a place where black and white does not exist. A complicated society that's not linked by one single political ideology, but by hundreds. That you're not fighting a single sniper or a single bad guy or a single Saddam Hussein or uh, a single Al-Qaeda, as we've seen recently in the rise of ISIS and all these other groups but that what you're fighting is a fragmented and destabilized society with complicated desires and needs and struggles that you've just thrown yourself into the middle of with very little understanding. And that's an exciting situation for a character. And that's where the chaos of war comes from. And that's where the tests of these simple beliefs come from. If the writer could only run towards the truth. Now, the idea of having two snipers, a sniper from the American side and a sniper on the Iraqi side, actually came from a person who most of us really respect. It came from Steven Spielberg, who at one point was involved in the development of this script and was supposed to direct it, until he ultimately decided that on the budget that he had, he couldn't make the movie that he wanted. The movie that Steven Spielberg was hoping to make was a very different movie than the one that was made. His idea was to develop the character of the Iraqi sniper to develop the two of them as mirrors for each other and foils for each other, to develop the two as men who imagine themselves to be the good guys, just on opposite sides of the same war. And you can see if you do that, if you can humanize the enemy sniper while allowing him to have some of the same flaws that Chris Kyle has, then the fact that some of the political divisions are maybe glossed over a little bit doesn't quite matter so much that you're approaching the truth through a different angle. If you really tell stories of two snipers who both believe themselves to be good, who both believe themselves to be the sheepdogs, who are really going on a journey, even if it is an oversimplified journey, based on their own patriotism and their own inability to see the other side, now you're really saying something that merits taking artistic license that makes that artistic license okay, that allows you to tell the true story of the war, even through that fictional construct. Running towards the truth doesn't mean being limited by the truth. It means using your devices to capture the truth in some way, to capture some foundational element of the truth. And there are many ways to do that. In fact, I'm going to suggest that there's a completely different way to play with the same enemy sniper. Because I believe that the enemy sniper is, metaphorically, probably exactly what Chris Kyle believed he was fighting. That in fact there is something true about the idea that Chris Kyle would believe that there was one sniper. That he was not capable or not willing or would not have been able to function at his job as a human being if he had seen the Iraqis as a complicated society. That, in fact, he needed to hold on to the idea of one sniper so that he could feel like there was one single thing making sense to him, whether it was true or not. Just like so many Americans in the middle of the war needed to hold on to the idea 
of their belief in George Bush, who needed to hold on to the idea that there were weapons of mass destruction, who needed to hold on to the idea that 9-11 and Iraq were related. We needed to hold on to the idea because the alternative was too horrible to consider. The alternative that we had somehow entered in a war and killed all these people for no good reason, or even worse, for the very oil that was used to fund the terrorism that we were fighting. That we had lost so many good American soldiers on a false mission. That idea was impossible for so many Americans. And I think it would have been interesting to see what happened if instead of the sniper being portrayed as a real character, if we were left to question whether that enemy sniper was real or a figment of Chris Kyle's imagination. If instead of running away from the true complexity, if in some way the script had run towards it. If some character were to say to Chris, Dude, you're in a different part of the country. Six years later. What makes you think this is the same guy? It's impossible that it's the same guy. It's impossible that the same bad guy shows up everywhere you go. It's impossible to believe it's the same bogeyman, the same Saddam Hussein, the same one bad guy who's responsible for all the evils in all these different places. It would be interesting to test that belief, to see if Chris Kyle could hold on to that belief in the face of all the evidence against it, in the face of Iraq's divisions, of their factions, of their tribalism, of Sunnis versus Shiites, of all the complexity of this society. Watching this man insist on boiling it down with his single-minded intention of killing that one evil enemy mastermind. And you see here again is an opportunity to tell the true story of the war. And this is what I'd like to leave you with. There are always politics in our movies. And there are always politics and biases in our adaptations. And there are always truths and there are always things that need to be simplified. There are always lies in movies because as screenwriters, we're storytellers who use fiction to get at our personal truth. But oftentimes in the effort to tie our stories together and simplify, we end up running away from the essential truths. And this gets in the way of our ability to tell the real story, to test our characters and change our characters in the most powerful way possible. And I want to encourage you that even as you find those devices that you need to hold a really complicated story together, even as you find those plot devices and the simplifications and the glossings over that are required to fit a complicated story into an hour and a half format, that you also look for your opportunities to run towards the truth, even if that truth is something too big for you and for your character, even if it's something too big to fully understand. I hope you enjoyed this installment of the Write Your Screenplay podcast. If you're working on an adaptation of your own, a true story, a novel, uh, or a, a spec screenplay based on your own idea, and you'd like to study with me in New York online or on our international retreats, please check out my website, writeyourscreenplay.com.